Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Rocky Balboa, cheesesteak for an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 28th episode of the Rocky Balboa Cheesesteak Fun Hour. I am joined by the team you all know. I've got Jimmy. I've got Idiot Nick. I've got Clean Michael. We've gone from flattening the curve to finding the cure, and we are here to figure out what we're going to talk about this week. The NFL has given us hope, as Adam Schefter tweeted out, by giving us the NFL schedule for the upcoming season that may or may not happen. So let's go over that as us Eagles fans and see what the wins and losses are because what the hell else are we going to do? So, boys, let's see what we got coming up for the 2020 season. When you saw it, did you feel good about it? I think all fans of every team thinks their team's going to either go either 16-0, 13-3, 10-6, or 8-8. I think that's what every fan thinks. They're never going to go 0-16. There's some delusional fans who always think 16-0, and then somewhere in between. I think that's what every fan thinks. 13-3 seems to be popular all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah we're going 13-3 for sure. Nick, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Every year when the schedule comes out, it's somewhere between 13-3 and and 11-5. And and there's there's and there's almost just – and the occasional 16 and up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Doug Peterson's only gone thirteen and three, and then nine and seven in his other seasons. Yeah, yep. yeah, not, right? nine and seven is what like your your quote unquote realist will give you. You yeah. know, yeah, nine and seven, but like you know, your your classic, uh, no, you know, yeah. our, your Woody's. Who's a, who's a friend of ours? Woody picks thirteen and three every year. Or and I better. think I think it took Nick less than one minute into our show to give insider friend information onto our show. So that gives us off to a great start. So week one. Don't we, we talk about Dallas Alex Eagles. And, and squints? We have the Eagles taking on the Washington Redskins. So before we do a win-loss, what is the interesting stat about the Eagles taking on the Redskins in Washington? What happened the last time that happened? Anybody? When we played them in Washington? Correct. What happened that season? Is that when they kicked the shit out of him with Chip? We won the Super Bowl. Correct, Dirty. Very good. Clean Damn Michael. Clean if, Michael I believe, if I believe correctly, me and uh, me and uh, Jimmy actually watched that at his house. That was a pretty wild game, actually. I think we all did. If I, re- if I recall correctly. I, I, we all did correctly. Thanks for forgetting about us, Clay Michael. Do we all have the Eagles winning week one against the, uh, uh, the Redskins? Okay, were you guys really there? Uh, yes, yeah. yes. We were 100% there. Oh, shit. Wow, how about them apples? Well, um, we we have a baby already in this episode. We're off to a roaring start. This is good. This is good. Ninety seconds. This is great. Yeah. Quarantine hour. This yeah. is good. Quarantine Rocky Balboa. Hour. Quarantine hour. Children right, everywhere. At this pace, we'll Facial get hair everywhere. Uh, we'll get through the schedule by ten p.m. So let's uh, let's move it along. Yeah. Here. Let's hit it. All right. So we're one and zero as a collective. We're on to the. Highly contested new uniforms of the Los Angeles Rams in week two. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got to do an aside. Home. We got to do an aside real quick on that. Like, 
I've never seen such a such a visceral reaction to a uniform that really wasn't all that crazy. No. <laughs> like, it's I'm telling you, it's, of, it's the obnoxiously loud colors. That's what it is. Like, they went from the cool, reserved, like, dark blue and the gold to these bright, obnoxious, screaming colors at you. Like, that yellow and that blue the, are awful. The blue and the gold is fine. I mean, I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, it was, it was cool, but it's, I mean... A little, a little boring, I guess. I mean, I don't. I like the brighter colors. Oh, I don't know. The brighter colors just they, they're. It's trying too hard. Like like when Seattle went to that neon green, it's like, come on, man. Like we don't need. Don't be a. Don't be a. Don't be a. Uh, it's the new. It's the new wave of uniform. Like everybody's doing it. It actually, you know, it started in college. Really, everybody. All the all any new uniform has the Oregon Ducks to thank for. Like basically, okay, I mean. So, basically pushing the trajectory of how um, uniforms have gone over the last 10 years. And um, it's trending towards that loud, day-glow-type um, uh, color scheme. Like, well, you know why? You know why the Oregon Ducks got all those uniforms is the, is the, you know, the CEO owner of Nike went to Oregon. Right. So now that right. the NFL has moved to, the, has moved to Nike – I mean, you're going to see a lot more of it. Right. And so I'm okay with that. There are certain, like Nike, for instance, has certain, because um, if you remember correctly, two years ago when Nike took over, the Eagles didn't wear the green jerseys for a while because Nike was having a tough time. It was like Nike has like its own color system, and they were having a tough time matching the midnight green of the, the Eagles. Right, and they like, had that ugly-ass green. It was like... Yeah. I don't even know how to. Yeah, how to I know that. Explain it. It was awful. So not to get too deep into it, but I think like Nike has their own like blues and yellows and things like that that are probably influencing, you know, what NFL teams are going to wear. Like you've noticed, like all the NFL teams, like the like the Browns, their orange has gotten really like it's yeah, like yeah. it's bright. It's no. like it, it's just the trend. But anyway, um, I like to I like to personally thank the government. Uh, for us having this long of a conversation about the uniforms, because that's what we're reaching for, being locked in our house for two months and having to talk about the Rams' new uniforms, because that's what we're stuck with. This is the outrage of the sports world, is the Los Angeles Rams' new uniform. That was the talk of Twitter. That was the talk of our group. I don't care what any of you have to say. We're going 2-0, and and we're moving on to the week three against the Bengals, against Joe Burrow. It will be exciting to watch Joe Burrow and the Bengals. We're moving on to week four. I'm going 3-0 and because we can't do this for the entire show. We're going out to San Francisco, the NFC champions of last year. What do you guys have for that? Let's go with Clean Michael. What do you think? We need some pessimism coming up. In San Fran, that's a loss. Oh, there we go. That's that's how I need. I had to teed up for that. That's a loss that, all day. That, that's a loss, and and I'm gonna be. And I'm my my opinion by week four, we're already gonna be down what two receivers. So at that point, we'll be playing. <laughs> we'll be playing with. We'll be playing with Rager and Goodman on the outside, or maybe even JJ on the outside and Rager in the slot. We'll be doing something disastrous. Um, we'll probably okay. Be- I just checked. I just checked. That is a Sunday night football game. Correct. So that's an Very extra fun. little. Yeah, yeah, Boston Scott will be fun. the starter because Sanders like tears ACL week two, so that'll be the talk of before. 
So we'll Very be nice. uh, we'll lose that game and we'll be two and two. Oh, but a question. You know what? Too early. Too early in the season to ask that question. Okay. Uh, so three and one going into week five. Always a fun game when it does come up. The Keystone State battle. Uh, the match against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, one p.m. Eagles versus Steelers. Uh, Jimmy, what do you got? The Eagles are three and one coming off of a uh, a primetime game. What is going to happen? Uh, I think they beat the Steelers. Ooh, 4-1 Eagles. Flying high. That's I it. Don't I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with everything you picked early. Like, I think they could lose to the Rams, possibly. No, they're yeah, not. But we're not going back to that. It's, it's what's going All right, on. Fine. It's, Jimmy, uh, it's well, in I the past, them. and we already beat the Rams. I picked them to beat the Steelers, yeah. Okay, I'm going to pick the next game because we need a little bump in the road to get this dicey. And knowing that the Eagles do start off a little rough to start the season, week six at home, they're sniffing themselves a little bit. They're four and one. They're going up against Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. We're going four and two. They're going to have a good showing. It's going to be a really good game, but four and two. Going into Thursday night against the Giants, Nick, what do you got? At home, that's a dub. That's the, that's that's a pr- pretty easy dub there. Um, the Giants don't scare me. Uh, no, you know there they are. What they are, they're not gonna they're not gonna win in Philadelphia. Not happening. A nice battle between Saquon and Miles Sanders. The battle of Penn State running backs. Gotta love it. Miles yeah. Sanders is better. Moving on. Yeah, Miles Sanders is better than Saquon. You know, Saquon gets all the hype, all the hype of his side, of his thighs. That's it. That's all it is. All right, real, uh, real fans of football. Last time I checked, that. thighs couldn't carry the basketball or the football, uh, or, or, or a basketball or a baseball, whatever. Tennis balls, lacrosse yeah. balls. Last time, I, last time I checked, thighs balls. Thighs weren't the ones making the cuts out there on the field. Well, they uh, they certainly helped with that. Analysis. All right, week eight. We're all getting in on this. Last this is what we're coming in. You don't see Saquon Barkley's thighs in the in the film room watching the film. They don't, thighs don't have eyes. Hashtag oh. thighs don't have eyes. Right. So shut up, Saquon. Giants. That, that might be the best hashtag we've ever come up with. Ever, ever. Hashtag thighs don't have eyes. Saquon. Thighs out. Thighs out. Thighs don't have eyes. There we go. Miles mm. is better. So there we go, Eagles fans. You heard mm. it here first at the Rocky Balboa Tuesday Quarantine Hour. Third, or here we go. Week eight, primetime game in Philadelphia against the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone, we're talking. We're going to go to Clean Michael. Actually, no, I'm done with Clean Michael. I need Dirty Mike on this one. All right, so this is going to be a win, but in a weird way. This is going to be Jalen Hurts' first career victory. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Carson goes down this on Thursday night. Long showing for Jalen Hurts on prime time <laughs> Sunday night. I guess that is. It looks like a might have been Monday night. That looks like a yeah. Monday nighter. No yeah. So you're saying, all right. So they, so they, they lose to the Ravens. Short week. Got to turn around and play the Giants. They get the job done, but. Number 11 goes down Thursday night. The Thursday down. night slop fest. The, thir- the Thursday oh, night no. fucking – the Thursday night concussion city. 
That'll be oh. it for Carson. He'll be out for three. He won't miss the whole season. He'll just miss like three games. That's usually what he does, right? All right. So, so Jalen Hurts takes over week eight. They beat the Cowboys at home for Jalen Hurts' first game. And people start talking. Oh, oh man. Mercy. And we're people headed into start a bye week. And we're headed into oh. a bye week. It's people like a talking. It'll be so fun. There's two weeks to ruminate on it, folks. So wait a minute. You have six and two Eagles going into the bye week with Jalen Hurts coming out the victory against the Dallas Cowboys. It's the content we need in Philadelphia after the quarantine. This is what oh, that, that's romantic. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy or Nick, do any of you disagree? <laughs> how could you disagree with that? Like, how could you possibly disagree? I also want to bring up the fact that Jimmy said ruminate. Is that a real word? Oh, for sure. That's, that's, a, that's definitely a real word. Very well, elementary word. The same word. thing as marinate with an R? A little bit. Just without food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. All right. I think, I think regardless of quarterback, uh, Wentz, Hurts, or Sudfeld, um, I think the Eagles lose that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually a split between Cowboys or Eagles. If we're being honest throughout the season – I think it's going to be Eagles uh, lose the first game and then come back later in the season and, and win it. Um, I like I that. It's, you know, it's a little, it's a little switcheroo from the, uh, from the typical win at home, lose on the road. I like it. Maddie, I like it. And I think the Eagles go into the bye with uh, five wins, three losses. Five which is, three. Listen, listen, that's way better than uh, – not way better, but that's better than how they usually start the if season. If you're not happy with five and three – as as my friend Jimmy would say, hit the pike. Doug has started yeah. five and six in his last two straight seasons. There you go. And then you coming take, out, you can take it to the ball bearing factory and see if they want to buy it from you. Ooh, I don't really understand that. Anything else on this Cowboys game? We, I, I, I should have started with the loss, and then we should have let Dirty come in with the uh, the win, but with hurt. So. I screwed is CD Lamb is CD Lamb gonna have two hundred yards and three tutties? Oh yeah! No. Oh yeah! In oh, Philadelphia, it, how many? It, it, come on! I want to know oh. at the end of that game how many total yards Jalen Mills will have been behind CD Lamb throughout the game. Eighty. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck off the goblin. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh he's gonna be behind. Yeah, that's gonna be tough to watch with CD right. Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> he's going up and down Patterson Avenue with the with the ball in his hand. Lamb um, Lamb Peter Slay's gonna Gallup. be eating Slay's gonna be eating Cooper's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So somebody's <laughs> gotta go off. Churchill's that's saved. right. <laughs> All right, uh, week 10, let's move past it. The Giants are just a shit show. Should I no. not go past a divisional opponent like that? Or? No, Dub, move on. <laughs> That's going to – we should, we should uh, clip this audio and go back at it. <laughs> oh, we will. Oh, we will. <laughs> Six and three, Cleveland, on my birthday. Oh, okay. Could, could they go to Cleveland and lose? I'm thinking it's an L. I'm thinking it's an L. It just Why makes too I much sense. But are, are, the, are the Eagles going to go 7-3? and three? I don't know. So There's got to be a weird loss in there somewhere. Yeah, you got to think And if there's those. a weird loss, if there ever was a weird loss, it's Cleveland Browns. I'm see, thinking listen, weird see, loss. That, that week 11 I like because it's the battle of Oklahoma starters. It's going to be Hurts and Baker. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Right, so, uh, we still, so, so I'm going to pick the one on my birthday. I'm taking an L. 
So let's, uh, Jimmy, do you, what do you got? L. Jimmy's got an L too. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those games. You no, go into Cleveland, one of those you know, the, the dog pound. They're going to, you know, they're going to be barking at us and T.O.'s well, and this I, and that. I, and, I think I brought this up on this podcast before, but I was in the dog pound and that is completely underrated of how fucked up it really is in that thing. Dude, we, so there were 11 of us in a row. And, uh, I mean, we were cheering, obviously. This is back when The T.O. smells game, right? The T.O. has B.O. game. That's right. T.O. has B.O. That's right. That's right. They, listen, listen. That is, that is, no, that's good stuff. That is good stuff by Cleveland. The T.O. has B.O. That's great. It's the best thing they ever done. So if you remember, they had a sign in the crowd that said, it takes one to know one. And that's the sign that T.O. threw the football at. And it's because in, in an interview with Playboy a few weeks before that, he T.O. had said to Playboy in the interview that they asked him if, they, if he thought Jeff Garcia was gay. And T.O. said, if it looks like a rat and it smells like a rat, it's probably a rat. So <laughs> the, the Cleveland fans put that sign up and it said it takes one to know one. <laughs> it was pretty good stuff back then. Honestly. I mean, yeah, I guess, I, I guess it depends on what you're comparing Cleveland's um, uh, burn. Like, like if you're comparing it to the sustainability or, or their, their ability to create a sustainable economy in their city, then yeah. Hey, all right. Their name calling is really good. It was good. By the way, going back to that quickly, which I thought was interesting. So Jeff Garcia was the quarterback of the Browns that year, and the following year he came to us. So T.O. had left, and Garcia came to town. So that would have been an interesting pairing had T.O. not left. Well, they were they were together in San Francisco. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, would it, would it really have been that interesting? I mean, After maybe. calling him gay, probably been a little weird. I don't know. He probably called him gay in San Francisco. T.O. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's probably right. T- T.O. called Jeff Garcia gay. You just you just don't see that these days. That's what we're missing from sports. If, if sports or or life existed anymore, he said, "If it looks like a rat and it smells like a rat, it's probably a rat." We're six and four going into Seattle. Six and, and four. I think Dirty should take that one, right? Dirty loves the Seahawks. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I I've got an intro for this. So wait, do you want to take that one? Well, I'll, I'll give it to you so you can enter Seattle. But I oh, more than just God. Seattle. Oh, sure, I would. I would love it. So this will be the game that Carson comes back after Hertz goes three and zero, and the Philadelphia fans are going to be going absolutely insane. And then all the fun stats are going to come out, right? Seattle, we haven't beat them since 1989, and they're going to come out here and they're going to pound our dicks into our assholes, and they're going to beat us by, I'd say probably about 20 or so, like they usually do. Um, and then the Philadelphia fans are going to start talking even more because Wentz came back and then he lost after Hurts went 3-0. You can't beat that type of analysis, uh, dicks and assholes. You're not getting that ESPN. You're not getting that at Fox. You're not getting that anywhere else. That's Rocky Balboa, cheese stick, fun hour type of analysis. Also, this is the first game of uh, a gauntlet of games. This is Seattle on Monday night, then Green Bay the next week, then New Orleans and at home. Then Arizona, which is, looks like a, a much better team this year, and then Dallas the week after. So this is the start of a long stretch of games. And the way we have it, which is probably going to be correct if there is a season or life. Um, and we're going into this game 6-4. and four. I'm saying they lose, so that's my pick. Matt, that's a great point because week 11, starting week 11 anyway, it looks like that is where Darius Slay's work is going to really be cut out for him for the next six weeks. Preach. 
So you have week 11 in Cleveland where he has Odell, your favorite guy. Then week 12 with Seattle at home, um, you have Tyler Lockett, deceivingly, really underrated. Lockett's a fucking beast. A really good receiver. A Pac-12 guy, by the way. So are we all giving an L Gross. against the Seahawks at home? Uh, not me, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm minorities here. I, I think they're going to beat the Seahawks. It's just like that whole thing, like the, the last time they beat the Seahawks at home, it's like, dude, like something's got to give. Like, I don't know. I'm fe- you know, I, I'm feeling that weird loss against the Browns. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take Dirty's Jalen Hurts shit and throw it out the window because I don't think he's going to fucking play a snap. Well, you know, you know what I mean. He's gonna he's gonna play some fucking weird gadget shit. But you know, I, I think I think they're gonna have that weird loss to the Browns. And I think Carson's gonna come out and beat the piss out of the Seahawks at home. I think it's I think it's well overdue to finally beat that fucking team at home. I you also, know they don't they don't scare you the way they used to. They are not the same Seahawks. Russ is really good, but what? Uh, what? but. What the you they the Seahawks? It's scary? Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson against the Eagles. That's all that matters. I'm not saying I just scary. You know, hey, just, Russ that's is all great. that matters. Russ is great, and I was getting to that. I, I actually already said it. I'm just saying that this is this is the time. Monday Night Football in Philadelphia. You're gonna have seventy thousand fucking hammered motherfucking people that have been drinking that's, since seven a.m. And if that man. place is gonna be fucking wild, and the Seahawks are gonna lose. That's not the amount of people. It's the same um, 70,000 maniacs since 1989 that haven't done shit, by the way. What's the amount of people? 68. Is it, it 70,000? Yes. No. It's pretty yeah. close, yeah. It's oh, what? Am I a couple, like, what, like, am I a thousand off? No, you're, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's the Wachovia have, Center. I, uh, I, guess, I guess I just have quarantine brains. Go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't uh, Carson like Mr. Monday Night, too? Doesn't he have a great record on Monday night or something like that? Am I. I don't know. I mean, if I was professional and prepared, I would know, but I don't. So, well, I mean, you know, to be prepared for Monday Night Football out. talk, I, I, you know, Jimmy, I'm going to give you a pass. I'm going to give you a pass. Mm. Again, our analysis is more dicks and buttholes type stuff than knowing Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah what did Dirty so, say, dicks and ass? Yeah, if you came here for so serious that, analysis like Jason Stark or something, then just get the fuck out. Yeah, and Jason Stark's baseball, we're talking football. So don't come here for that, okay? So, Mr. We're gonna we're donning right now, Carson Wentz, Mr. Monday night, whether he is or you not. You know what? Fuck is, it. He's he's right? the real Monday night messiah. But they lose. Yeah. But they lose. Mr. Monday night is losing Monday night against Seahawks. On to Green okay. Bay. In Green Bay. <laughs> All right, so, so what are we do that? Mr. Monday night takes the L. What's uh, the record, Matt? Uh, the record, five. shit. What do we six have, five and, and four? And we have six, six and, and five. five. Six and six. The, the season's not happening. It doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't uh, matter. The week <laughs> after that is uh, Green Bay in Green Bay. Let's start with um, Idiot Nick. What do you got? Oh, God. It's going to be cold. In Green mm-hmm. Bay. <laughs> December gonna, 6th. I'm t- it's going to be a blizzard. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Oh my god! I I want to say dub, and you know I want to say dub. Oh, weird! If you're going to me, if you're going to me, if you're going optimistic, Nick, I'm I'm going with a dub. I'm going with a dub. They they drafted nothing for Aaron Aaron Rodgers this year. He's he's out there playing with Devonte Adams and no one. So you know what? Their defense doesn't scare me. I don't I don't, fucking, I don't even know anybody on their defense. Fuck Lambo. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. 
fuck Jordan Love. Dub. Uh, Dirty Mike? Uh, I think that's a win just like it was last year. Green Bay has the uh, – last year had, had the worst run defense in the league and middle-of-the-road secondary – uh, I'm with Nick on the offense. I think their offense is ass outside of their running back, their star receiver, and Rodgers, who's getting old, and eventually he's going to have to start downgrading a little bit, right? So is this going to be the year? I'll gamble and say, yeah, I am taking this game as a win. I like to jump in and say now this turns back to flip-flop, Mike, because he went from the analysis of fucking the ass to actual uh, NFL stats. So that's good. This is good flip-flop, Mike. Um, I'm going to say this is a dub because with our records, we went from a loss against Cleveland to a loss against Seattle, and it's not a must-win, even though everything leading up that week will be this is a must-win for the Eagles. And I will say it is a win because they're going to go into New Orleans next week in New Orleans, and that's really tough. I will say W. Uh, Jimmy, what do you got? L. You're outvoted 3-1. to one. Um, We're going to give a W. Uh, we're going into New Orleans. That next puts week. us at seven and five for the record. Seven and five for the record. What is their? Uh, what are they going to do next week in New Orleans? Four twenty-five. We have, by the way, a no, Monday night home. game. Oh, oh, major difference at home in Philly. Four twenty-five. Love a good afternoon game uh, in December. By the way. Uh, at home, big difference. My mistake. Um, what do we got against New Orleans? Those shit talkers in New Orleans. Those the bitch titty Sean Payton coming to Philly. Uh, let's go with you, Jimmy. I think they. So you know, wh- wh- where are we at now? Seven and five. Seven and five. Don't let the record so, sway you. No, but I'm saying what like things so- gonna happen. Yeah, no, but so that's feeding into my reasoning here. It's like, yeah, like seven and five, like nobody's going to be like overly happy with that. Like most people are going to be like, well, we're under, but I think like that's going to be, we're, we're heading into the home stretch now. It's December. I think they kick off December with a huge game against the Saints and they wallop them. They'll wallop them. Well, they kicked off December with the Packers, but either way, analysis, fuck. Ah. Uh, so they wallop, they wallop the Saints. They yeah, wallop they, the Saints. They crush the Saints in the smith into the. Drew, Drew Brees can't play in cold weather because he's a fucking old bitch. Oh <laughs> mercy, mercy! He's a bitch. Do you hear that, folks? You're you a fucking bitch. Me? You're a fucking Love bitch, you. Drew Brees. Oh my! Do you hear that, Mister Brees? You hear that over your phone or your speakers, wherever you are? You know he's That's listening. True. So, you know of what, Drew? Of course he is. I, Drew, I respect you as, respect as, the as a you. person. You know, you're yeah. a good guy. Good you, guy. you had a Hall of Fame career. Sure you're probably, have. You're probably going to retire with the most yards and the most touchdowns and the most – Yes, you will. most shortest and, you know, and the, most, that and the most weird thing on your face. But it's pretty weird. You know, yeah. you, you know what? We respect you, but we're – He's such a little head. You know, lean his head all the way back just to see over the the offensive lineman. I mean, it's cute. It's cute. But we're just saying things about Drew Brees. Your time is up. My time is now. Yeah, here we go. My time is now. Don't mind that. John Cena Uh, reference. What's up? Here we go. 
All right, Dirty, go ahead. I will take this game as a loss. I like what Nick said about Drew Brees having to come in here and play in the freezing cold in December. I don't think that's very breezish. I don't know what his numbers are against the cold, but I feel like they're not good. Um, I will say that that is a win. Drew's getting older. Um, that game's got a lot to, to play for, too, because the Saints t- constantly talk shit. So I feel oh, yeah. like building, building up to that game, if we're both good, then it's going to be a lot of shit talk in the week prior. So I think it's going to be a real, like, hard-hitting kind of fun game to watch. But I do think that we squeak it out. I want so, I so want Meek you, Mill. I want Meek Mill leading the oh, team out. Here's oh, what's going to happen. Hand in hand enough, with Carson. Mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey will catch a ball this time <laughs> in a big moment. <laughs> I can't Eagles. get all meek loss? Okay, okay, okay. All of you all of you have the Eagles winning that game? I do. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, you, so we all know what's going to happen then, right? They're going to lose. They're going to lose. So that's a loss. All right. Uh, so seven okay. and seven six. Seven and six. Then. Okay. Seven and six. Uh, then they go out to Arizona, and that's a team that they always struggle with, right? Yeah, like I had that one as an L. That's why I don't like you switching our Saints pick because you were out. Right, you were outvoted, pal. I was out. Do you want to give it a win? Do you want to give it a yes. win? Hell yes. Yeah. All right, give them a win. A, we, a win we, against we, the Saints. We put a lot of passion into that pick. You did. You guys did. But, like, when everyone picks it one way, then it goes the other, right? Isn't that the way it goes? I don't know. I mean, who, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who gold, cares? Gold jacket, green jacket. Let's go to the Cardinals on, uh, with, with to, Kyler to further, Murray. To further Matt's point from a second ago, the Eagles are 2-5 and five in their last seven against Arizona. Um, so, yeah, we don't play that team well. I don't love that game. That's a trap game for me in between the Saints and Dallas. I think that DeAndre Hopkins has Jalen Mills in the rear of mirror all game long. Dirty, dirty. Slays here, I know. Yeah, what are you talking about? And Jalen Mills is going to be – so why would you even say that? What is know. wrong with you? Well, knowing the Eagles, slay he's just he's just programmed to talk shit on Jalen Mills, and it's really fucking annoying because Jalen Mills isn't the least of our worries when it comes to the secondary. Well, not with that'll, that'll, that'll be a game where Christian Kirk has nine catches for 217 yards and two touchdowns on Jalen Mills, and Hopkins is held to three catches. That'll be one of those infuriating games. Do you guys want me to mute him now, or when when should I mute him? Dirty Mike, get rid of him. Yeah, yeah get rid of him. Um, just lasso him up, put him in the, uh, put him with the cattle, and get him out of here. Um, all right, so you guys have them beating the Saints, which will put them at eight and five, uh, eight and five, and then they lose the trap game with the Cardinals, which will be eight and six, and then we have them ending the season with the Cowboys week sixteen in Dallas. Um, I have them beating the Cowboys. I have them splitting the season with the Cowboys, uh, which they normally do. I think the Cowboys will collapse once again, as they always do. I think Dak will come up small. Um, he's going to play for another contract and show that he's a good, not great quarterback. Um, and then go on to finish the season against the Redskins, who are not a good team. And they finished 10 and 6. And I think that will be enough to win this uh, NFC East. Your guys' thoughts? I dig it. I mean, I, like I said earlier, you know, if you, if you have if you have the Eagles going down to Dallas, they always split. They split every year, and we decided earlier that the Eagles are going to win and win, or I'm sorry, losing lose at home and win in Dallas. I think it's better that way. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yep. 
I, I think it's the way it's going to happen. I really do. Yeah. I think this season's going to be one of those uh, where um, I think there's going to be two teams from the NFC East that make the playoffs. Obviously, I'm talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I think, I think that it's going to be neck and neck the whole way, which will make for an exciting season. If you think that's true, then 10 and 6 isn't going to be it. It needs to, they need to have an 11 and 5 season at worst. Birdman lost three of their last four in Dallas. I don't they, – they don't play well there the last couple of years. But they have a new coach, so I don't know how that's all going to play out. It's going to be tough, but I think that's going to be an L. I think we beat – it's cliche, but I think we beat them at home and we lose on the road. Okay. Jimmy, I mean, and I know I overrode a lot of things and, and none of what we're saying matters in the season has a chance of not happening because it sucks. Um, zero and zero could be the record of everything. Brady and the Saints, and I mean, don't count out Matt Rule and the Panthers now, and, you know, the Falcons could act like they're good until the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, you have the Seahawks and the, the 49ers just, you know, got out of the Super Bowl out west, and, you know, Lord knows what the Packers could do. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of good teams out in the NFC. I think the class of the NFC is the Saints. Uh, would anyone disagree with that? No, but I'm talking about I'm talking about, like, um, we we all know there's a lot of um, division winner candidates out there, but I'm saying, is there any other division that has a two team situation like the Eagles and the Cowboys? I, I think, think both, the NFC, I think the NFC South with the Saints, the Falcons, the Bucks with Brady and yeah. the Panthers. Yeah, yeah I'll believe the Panthers. The Bucks, no, I'm not ruling out the West with the Niners and Seahawks. That's a great comment. And I mean, you can, and you're and you're just rolling out the Rams too. I mean, the Rams are, uh, come on, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, yeah, the Rams Super Bowl last year. Uh, the, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals are up and coming, but they're not. You know, they're not going to. They're not going to win that division. The Rams. Oh, big Dick Nick takes the Bears to eleven and five, and they're ha- right there with the Packers at the end of the year. Okay, Jimmy, weren't you going? Weren't you going to mute, Dirty? Um, the Rams yeah, aren't sure. making the playoffs. The Rams are not making the playoffs. Uh, you heard it here first. The Rams are not making the playoffs. No, I agree. No, the Rams are hot ass. Fuck that team. I'm out on the Rams. All right. This was a fun exercise. I think the Eagles are either going to go 10-6 or 0-0. Zero and zero. That's my prediction. If, if you're a gambling man, put your money on 0-0. Zero and zero. Yes. Yeah, if I'm – which I am. I want to gamble on the season. It's either going to be 10-6 or 0-0. <laughs> zero zero. Zero and zero. I mean, hey, five hundred. Thank you for thank you for clarifying that you are going to gamble on that. Yeah. Uh, what do we have next on the docket, there, old job? Well, it's funny you should ask because that would be Uh-oh. those Saints talking mad shit. Yeah. So today we had some guy down on Bourbon Street, down in Old New Orleans, wrote something, and listen. It's tough times out there, folks. It is what it is. You got to create content. And, uh, you know, we've all done it. Uh, people are writing things about what if this happened? What if that happened? Well, this motherfucker decided to write, what if the Minnesota Vikings didn't catch the, what was it, the Minnesota Miracle? Yeah, and Diggs didn't did- have that 75-yard touchdown or whatever it was. <laughs> And beat the Saints, and the Saints won and went on to play the Eagles in the NFC Championship in 2017 and went on to win the Super Bowl. He wrote a whole article about it, and the article just goes on, and literally the next sentence is just, 
It's just pretty much one sentence. They would have beat the Eagles, and it goes on to the Super Bowl. Well, so hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I have it. I have it here. I just want to quote one part of it. So, um, so he goes on, and this is uh, under the header "Impact on the NFL." Most impacted by this lack of quote miracle would be the city of Philadelphia. The Eagles would be denied their first Super Bowl in franchise history. And the world would be denied what was a far superior highlight in the Philly special. So, so on one, it's kind of a backhanded <laughs> compliment. On one hand, he's saying the Saints are going to win. On the second hand, he's, you know, he's shout out to the Philly special there. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars would have saved $88 million by not signing Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. And the world would have been denied Minshew mania during the 2019 season. Is there a city or a team in the history of sports that plays the what if game more than the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> year no. after year after year, they just do this. Like they lose, and they're like, what if we didn't have the pass interference call? What if the miracle catch didn't happen by the Vikings? What if you fucking didn't suck all the time and we didn't have to say that, assholes? Yeah, I. <laughs> I didn't read the article, but like, so here's, he said, so he just ends it with, this is literally how he ends the article. Had it not happened, the Saints would have likely won their second Super Bowl and Nick Foles would be much less wealthy. Unfortunately, though, it happened, but it can only make the next championship the Saints will eventually win that much sweeter. Like, why, why, I don't know if maybe he gives more reasoning, but like, why is he so sure that had that not happened, they win the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know. There, there's so many things that are, had to fall in place for them to win the Super Bowl. Like, there's two more games they had to play. The NFC Championship, go into Philly and win that, when obviously Nick Foles caught lightning in a bottle for two games, which obviously I said caught lightning in a bottle, so that shows that extreme amount of luck had to, you know, happen, but he obviously was in this insane groove to win the NFC Championship and then beat Tom Brady when Tom Brady was at his best and threw for over 500 yards in a Super Bowl. So he bested the best quarterback and maybe player in all of sports in Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl. So he just kind of glosses over that to say the Saints would just, oh yeah, the Saints are just going to win the Super Bowl. For me, so there's two, go ahead, Jimmy. I just wanted to ask the question. So, all right, so let's take his premise. The Minnesota miracle doesn't happen. The Saints versus the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, and the Saints win. Would, would, um, would what happened to Nick Foles really not have happened? Like, is, did Nick Foles only get offered that because he was the Super Bowl MVP? Or does a backup who takes a team to the NFC Championship still probably find a landing starting spot somewhere? Not for uh, that much money. No, not for, not for not for that much money. I mean, look at Case Keenum. For me, though, going back, yeah, and exactly. Back that's that, a great then, point. There, there's two key arguments. So one for me is New Orleans got they, they were basically going play for play with Minnesota to the end of that game. All right, yeah, they lost. Coming to next week, we decimated the Vikings. Like it wasn't even close. It wasn't even a game. And Minnesota had the much better defense that year than the Saints did. So if the like, I'm not so convinced that New Orleans just comes in here and wallops us the way that they think they do because that that Eagles team that year was just on fire for whatever reason they had they just had put it all together. 
Like, I'm just not in, I'm, I don't understand this guy's point. Like, they were just going to come in here, win, win. Like, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because he's a let's, fucking homer and a, and a little bitch. Let, let's, also, be let's be fair. His point to this article was to get people to read it. Yeah, for what is for it's this, this guy, and it this guy won. This guy absolutely won. Everyone on Twitter, everyone on Philadelphia. He's won the task. Yeah, it's everything you hate, Dirty. This guy is winning. Right. This guy, like, kudos to him. He did I exactly what he wanted. Believe it or not, don't hate that he said it. I think it's like I'm. I'm okay with him, like projecting. That's fine. But like, it gave us something to talk about, right? But I don't like. I'm 100 percent convinced that we beat New Orleans if they come here that that, that week. 100 percent convinced. The great thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they get to play the what if game. The Eagles don't have to. The Eagles no. did it. The Eagles won 2017. And the great thing is. The Saints get to play the what-if game with the pass interference call, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this past week, they're done doing pass interference replays. Did you guys see that? Thank That's God. done away. Thank so the, so uh, Roby Coleman, who's now an Eagle, who is known for that infamous pass interference with the Rams against the Saints yep. uh, two years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, where the Saints had a chance after that game in overtime with Drew Brees having the ball in his hand against the Rams, and they still lost and then went to court. They went to court. Don't forget that to argue it. <laughs> and they still lost. And they still think, play what if. What do you think Peyton's tits looked like in that suit in court? Oh, my God. So fucking bouncy and nasty. And his nipples are just so pepperoni. Like nasty, like been just rotting in your fridge. You smell it. And you're you, like, oh, you I probably could eat it. They're so pepperoni. You think you could see Peyton's <laughs> nipples through the breast pocket, like of his suit? Absolutely. And you take a bite of it because it's like, I still want this pepperoni. And then you spit it back out in the package and you throw it out. That's Peyton's pepperoni nibs. Fuck them. And the thing is, like, I like Drew Brees. I love Alvin Kamara as a football player. I love watching him. But he's such a whiny bitch where he's like, oh, we would have beat the shit out of the Eagles. Fuck you, Kamara. That's why they have a committee for you because you're not a true fucking running back. I just imagine, yes. um, I just imagine uh, Peyton in, in – in, uh, he's like representing himself in court. And they're like, uh, uh, prosecution, do you have uh, anything to say? And he just like stomps his feet and he's like, it's not fair. We should have won. Yeah. Every Absolutely. Year. Every and year. The, and the judges are like, are we done here? Like, can we get this child out of our, out of our court, please? The same, the same child who was paying his players to take out other players through injuries <laughs> with the whole bounty. Like, fuck you, Sean Payton. That guy's mm-hmm. such a weasel. All right. And other awesome ESPN news. Monday Night Football cans Joe Tessitore and Booger McButtfuck. Um... And they're looking for replacements. Uh, they have reached out, apparently, to Peyton Manning. Uh, apparently, like, Drew Brees as well, as if he's not playing anymore. Uh, and other people like that. So, other, like, they want quarterback minds. Uh, a guy who has been campaigning himself, like, you can see it on Twitter, and he's an awesome follow. He's just – he's great content. Uh, Pat McAfee mm. really wants, wants to be in the booth. And uh, they have pretty much, without saying it, have denied him. Um, a lot of people have been wanting Lewis Riddick. A lot of people want Dan Orlovsky up there. Um, so great run by Testor and Booger and Jason Witten. <laughs> so, um, 
obviously not really uh, whatsoever, just a fucking fall flat in their face. Um, any thoughts on who the replacement should be, uh, whether it's realistic or like what your dream scenario of just like nut jobs or the worst people you've ever heard in the Monday night booth, anything you guys have on that or your greatest memories. I know what my greatest memory is of the Monday night football booth of Tessator and Nick Bob fuck. Anything you guys have on that? Listen, Tessator, we're going to have a car that's going to come pick you up around eight o'clock tonight. Be there, be ready. We're going to take you over to the NFL headquarters or the ESPN, ESPN headquarters. <laughs> They're going to let you out of the car, go into the unmarked door in the back, all right? Make sure you knock four times and say, salted cod. That's the, that's the password, Pesatol. When you go in, you're going to meet with a guy named Gino. Gino's going to tell you the password to get through the next door. It's bakala. Once you get through the next door, you're going <laughs> to sit down the ESPN brass, and, you, and they're going to tell you that you and Booger are hitting the pavement. All right, Tessa Tall, thank you for your service. <laughs> bakala. That's so Sopranos. Love me. <laughs> bakala. Yeah, um, so, uh, you know, Falk, Tessa Tor, Booger, I think is the, uh, the theme here. Uh, my possible replacements, I, I'm all aboard the Pat McAfee train. Pat McAfee is he's interesting. He's hilarious. Um, he's good looking. I mean, what else do you want? And, you know, and the Riddick stuff, I, Riddick's a really, really smart dude. I don't know if Riddick can do the play-by-play. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Has he done play-by-play? No, I think, no, he'd be color. Yeah, so then I'm going McAfee. I don't know. I don't know who I'd, I mean. No, they, they wouldn't be play-by-play. These are all for color guys. I don't know who would be play-by-play. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure about Riddick, but. Um, for, from what I understand. Yeah, they, they haven't reached out to McAfee. me for play-by-play. I mean, McAfee is the, is the ultimate color guy. He's hysterical. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm but, with Nick, absolutely. I think, you know, I think if, if you could get, if you get me Tariko back, I, I don't even know what happened there, why Tariko ever left. Oh, NBC offered him. Is that what it was? Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's no, there's no other Tariko out there. Uh, so I don't know who I'd want to be the play-by-play, but I'm all, McAfee. McAfee, McAfee, McAfee. Come on. They have had a lot of fails on Monday Night Football over the years outside of Tariko with the John Grudens and the Tony Kornheisers and the Jason Wittens, and it's, it's just been miserable year after year outside of Tariko. So hopefully they get it right, whatever it is, because I miss the days of Al Michaels and John Madden from the early 2000s, to be honest with you. That listen, that's a doll. Listen to me. I know you've been dragging Booger McFallin around like a pair of concrete sneakers. But look, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles, Tessa Toll. He goes down, you follow him. (laughs) (laughs) My uh, favorite memory of Joe Tessa Tour is when the Eagles played the Giants on Monday Night Football, obviously, (laughs) and uh, the amazing comeback win Uh that the Eagles had to pull out against them. And it went, caught Ertz in the back of the end zone in OT, and Tessator said verbatim, Philadelphia, eat that W. That was his call-off. My favorite was that same game when he called Miles Sanders, Miles Saunders five times. 
That's how Pesantor was. He just never got anything right. You know what I mean? It's no surprise that he's gone. He had a good voice, but the guy was just a goon. So it's time to get someone in that knows what they're talking about. Yeah, just a, just a tough, tough bunch there. I think Riddick would be very good. I think they're just scared of McAfee because they've had the Dennis Millers and the other like comedic guys. But like yeah. McAfee is so different. He's so good and he'd be perfect for it. And he's been on college game day and he obviously drives ratings. Um, I don't think we need to keep campaigning for McAfee. We all oh, like him. By the way, real quick, going back to McAfee, if we can. Did you guys ever hear the story about him when he came to Philly? No. Dude, so Google Google the interview he did with Barstool. So I want to tell this story real quick. So apparently when he came to Philly, when he played with the Colts years ago, he came here and the night before he got blacked out drunk and got arrested and got caught running through some guy's yard and wound up in his pool or something. So he got arrested and it made the news. And um, this was like kind of before the internet. This was like 20 years ago or whatever it was. And he's like, yo, I think I'm going to sneak into Philly. And like the odds are it probably hasn't even hit in the papers yet. Like no one probably even heard of it. So he says he comes running through the tunnel. And as soon as he comes running through the tunnel, all the Eagles fans are like, yo, Pat, you fucking drunk. And he's like, oh, shit, they know. You know what I mean? So he's like, he said he's kicking and he's punting, fake, like practicing on the sidelines. And there's this one fan who just keeps yelling his name over and over again. And he's like, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer. So finally, the guy was cursing and yelling his name so many times. He finally turned around. And he's like, Pat, it's okay, man. We get it. Like, that's what we would do. And he was like, yo, like, fucking Philly's cool. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. Listen, McAfee's a legend. Listen, Tessa Toy, you've been putting in a lot of work these past years. You deserve a little bit of a vacation. Now, look, my associate Santino. <laughs> My associate Santino, he's gonna take you down to Florida. Uh, look, here's here's a here's a ticket, a plane ticket for Florida. Uh, do I do I get a return ticket? We'll work the return ticket out later, Tessa Tall. Just get down to Florida and uh, and enjoy yourself. Okay, take a load off, Tessa Tall. <laughs> All right, thank you, Tessa Tall. Thank you, Booger McBuck Fuck. Uh, we appreciate the Booger Mobile for the one season was on. And let's not forget Jason Witten for his great contributions, for not having hair, for having hair. Uh, and thanks for the great memories. Guys, I, guys, I forgot, to, I forgot to show you my new shirt. Great. It's Another, visual. Another visual. Philadelphia. Yeah, awesome. but it's the uh, – come on. It's the, it's the Lane Johnson shirt. The, the Lane Johnson was fucking rocking the Stone Cold Philadelphia shirt. Tremendous. This shit is badass. All you got to do is go on Twitter and look up Lane Johnson. I bet you half of Philadelphia has this shirt. You know, I just had to get it. Okay. On to our next topic. Okay, okay. The uh, Eagles are looking for a veteran backup running back. So uh, we obviously have uh, Miles Sanders, who are all looking for a breakout year when the NFL season doesn't return. We have Boston Scott, and we have a couple of uh, running backs who uh, Holyfield's been on the team for a couple of seasons. Corey Clement. Uh, Corey Clement, they brought back. Uh, yeah, you know, nostalgia. Uh, but here's who they're looking at. Uh, Carlos Hyde, Shady, we've all heard of him. Devontae Freeman, those are the rumors. I know where I lean. I want to see what you guys think. Uh, Nick, with least amount of visuals possible, what do you uh, think about this? Who are you leaning? Uh, what do you like? Uh, Carlos Hyde, easy for me. Um, I think he, I think he's a better version of Jordan Howard. Um, he's, you know, he's a little older than Jordan Howard, but I think he's a better player. I think he fits that that Jordan Howard role. Maybe you want to call it the Garrett Blunt role. Um, 
you know, because I think I think um, Boogie's going to get more carries this year. He's going to see the field a lot more. So I think I think Hyde really fits that role. I mean, he what do you, how many how many yards he run for last year? He was over a thousand. So I mean, Carlos Hyde's got he's got a pretty pretty nice resume. Um, Shady is like ninety two years old. Um, I, I, you know, the, the nostalgia thing in Philadelphia, uh, sometimes I like it. Sometimes it's just like blow my brains out. Uh, Shady falls into the blow my brains out category and Defana Freeman. Um, I I don't think he's been good for a couple of years. So for me, it's, it's kind of hide or bust. I mean, not or bust. I mean, I would take Devonta Freeman. I'm way out on Shady McCoy, but give me Carlos Hyde. I think he fits this team really nicely. I'm jumping right on board with you. It, Shady, get the fuck out of here. I want nothing to do with LaShawn McCoy at all. Um, Devontae Freeman, he, he's been injured the past two, if not three seasons. It's Carlos Hyde. This guy does not have that much wear on his tires. He can catch out of the backfield. He's a little bit of a bigger back. Ohio State, uh, uh, he's out of Ohio State. He was with the Texans last year, and he produced not that great numbers, but very soft numbers, and that offensive line was awful. He can spell Miles Sanders, and he's exactly what you need. He's that style running back that works out. He's just like – it just makes sense. He's the type of running back that we need. He's going to work well with Miles Sanders. He's going to be super cheap. It makes perfect sense. I honestly do not know why – He's not with the Eagles already. Check, 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 and check. Get him on the Eagles right now. Nothing else to say. Get it. He did. He did break a thousand last year for the first time in his career um, with Houston. Um, so I mean that. I mean, <laughs> he ran for a thousand yards. The guy's got a resume. Like, let's get him in here. He's twenty nine years old. Like Matt said, he's not going to cost that much money. You know, give him a one year, maybe two year deal. Get him in here. What do you Sanders. Think, Sanders, Hyde, and Boston Scott, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Three, three different running backs, absolutely. But they all can catch. They all can catch, and that's the type of running back you need in, in the yeah. Eagles. In 2017, Hyde caught 59 passes. Last year, he only caught 10. Uh, Houston just wasn't using him right. So I think if he came here, you'd see more close. Uh, you probably wouldn't see 59, but you'd probably somewhere in the 30s. Yeah, I, think Hyde, 30. I think he'd be a great fit here. I'm all in on Hyde as well. As much as much as LeGarrette Blount was awesome, and of course he was, you knew he wasn't catching the ball. And like, yeah, he had those like, like plays every now and then where he caught the ball. But it's like you just knew that play wasn't happening where he caught the ball. With Hyde, that option is always open. Like, you're not taking Miles Sanders off the field, and it's like, okay, well, this certain type of play isn't happening. Like, the playbook is open when Hyde is there. And again, repeating myself, super cheap. Get him on the team. Fuck Shady. Fuck Freeman. Get high. Why? Uh, and I mean, I don't. I guess we should probably just buzz past it because it's almost pointless to say. But why are we even talking about McCoy right now? Like, why he wasn't, shouldn't because, even be nos- because nostalgia. Because nostalgia. It's insane to me. Sometimes nostalgia. The, uh, sometimes nostalgia is fun, but year. sometimes it's sometimes it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. And right now, even talking about Shady's ridiculous. He's not. He's washed up. He's done. He had a good run here. See you later, pal. Wow, Jimmy yeah. Jimmy really stepped it up. That's good. That's the site I used too, by the way. Love it. If we're looking at last year, I mean, it's uh, it, the, the clear choice is Carlos Hyde. But again, LaShawn McCoy was hurt for part of the last year. I mean, you can't really – I agree with 
all of you, Carlos Hyde fits. I mean, LaShawn McCoy doesn't fit this team at all, like, as a change of pace back, I don't really no, think. Not at all. Um, and looking at last year, I mean, Carlos Hyde had over 1,000 yards, just barely, but six touchdowns. Devontae Freeman had 656 yards, two touchdowns. LaShawn McCoy, 465, four. Um, so, I mean, in three, terms of production. Three, six yards per carry for, for Devonta. I know the I know the Falcons don't really have – much of an offensive line, but I don't know. Devon has got a lot of miles on him. Uh, yeah, but think. the Texans had the worst offensive line last year, or one of the worst. So That's a, yeah, I mean they they did get Laramie Tunsil, which made it made it a lot better. But you know, you're right. I mean they, they've always been known for having a mediocre yeah, but he's below average. Like there are <laughs> there are other running backs that I would actually be rather talking about than McCoy. I would rather have Isaiah Crowell in here than fucking McCoy. Absolutely, yes. Who else you got? You got anybody else? They got Corell. Spencer Ware, I would take over McCoy. I would take Lamar. Uh, yeah. I would take a gamble on Lamar Miller, although he's been injured a lot. I would take Lamar Miller over Shady all day. I mean, honestly, you could probably go down a list of 20, 30 people. I mean, Shady is just – he's, he's, he's probably not an NFL player anymore. No. He's probably not. It, it's, it's over, man. Theo Riddick, I would take a gamble on Riddick, although he's not the change of pace. Now. Yeah, he's more of a Boston Scott type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd rather I'd rather run with Boston. Uh, um, I le- I legit don't understand why uh, Carlos Hyde is not uh, an Eagle yet. I just don't get it. Like, yeah, it's I, it's just too perfect of a fit. I, I'm with you. It, we it have just, twenty. We have twenty four million dollars left to spend in the cap. Matt, get- Matt, you know what? It's probably because that there's not going to be a season. That's probably it. That's probably they're, probably trying to give, that. they're probably looking at giving Jason Peters a one-year $24 million contract. Maybe that's it. Does the, the, do the receiving stats uh, sway you at all? I mean, l- look at uh, Devontae Freeman, 59 receptions, 410 yards, four touchdowns. The other two didn't really do any receiving whatsoever. Does that? Well, yeah, Dirty con- already hit on Hyde with his, with his receiving. Does three, Devonta Freeman, whatever, dude. Three oh. years ago, hit Jimmy, like I said, Hyde had 59 catches. I'll take Devonta Freeman as a as a you know as a consolation to Hyde. I mean, fine. I'll take Devonta Freeman, sure. But I want Hyde. I mean, that, that's the conversation here. Who do you want? I want Hyde. Get him here. Freeman just, get doesn't, Freeman just doesn't score touchdowns, and I don't love that about him. Yeah, well, Miles Sanders is going to score thirty, so we don't need him to score touchdowns. We just need him to be a, a decent complement. All right, let's move on. All right, we have um, for the past. Uh, uh, for three decades, no linebackers. For not two decades, no uh, linebackers. Since Jeremiah Trotter, Trotter, no real, no real linebackers for the Eagles. So op- open you guys, you tryouts. Guys, you guys are out on Stuart Bradley. Nah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was open shit. tryouts for the linebackers at the Eagles. Um, you know. What what do we got? I don't even know. What, is what is uh is Vince is Vince Papali still around for tryouts? Exactly. Like it, we're just gonna shoot a film. Um, Invincible is gonna have it. I mean, let's yeah. just look at that depth chart. I mean, you have Nathan Gary. He's actually all right. I do like Nathan. Right, he, but like no, other, no, no. He's, he's okay. Linebacker on a good he's, team. That's exactly right, Nick. He's okay because we don't know what a good linebacker on the Eagles looks like anymore. Right. No, we don't. But other than that, I mean, look at that list of names. TJ Edwards, Duke Riley. Yeah, it's bad, Jimmy. There's no question. It's like, it's like, when, you're, it's like when you're drafting a fantasy team and you just, like, you make the decision that, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to punt tight end this year. Or I'm going to punt quarterback. And I'm just going to fucking 
roll with whatever happens. No and team in the years. NFL takes linebackers less seriously than the Eagles. Yeah, they just wait for like training camp to happen. They've been doing then it. They, then they wait for somebody to get cut, and they're like, "Hey, you got cut, and you one one time in your life you had 100 tackles. Come on in, Zach Brown." Yeah, and then exactly. and then Zach Brown gets cut two days later. Yeah. Hey, get about the Seahawks. Do you remember when LaShawn McCoy was good and then he got traded for Kiko Alonso? Oh, my God. And then he had that killer pick in the end zone. We thought he was going to be the next MVP. And that was the only play he had here. That was it. That Kiko? Yeah, well, Kiko Alonso, we, we owe him a lot. We owe Kiko a whole lot. He Kiko got his cars. He got Kiko his cars. Byron. That's <laughs> true. That he is true. Carson, Carson, man. Because his Dolphins. Fuck. I, I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Well, I do care. I, that's kind of where I'm going. Like, I would like to know who that general manager was that that made that trade because you know he doesn't have that job anymore. I'd like to know who he was and which car wash he's working at now. Oh. Well, I, I, mean, I don't know. That, that, that has to be one of the worst trades in – oh, my God. I really don't know what else to say about the linebackers. I know TJ Edwards is kind of a, like a Twitter sexy name <laughs> that people are saying like, oh, yeah, like he's going to be good, but like – I'll believe it when I see it. It's just like, you he's, know. He's fast, man. He, remind, he reminds me a, a little bit of Nigel Bradham as far as, like, his quickness to the ball. But he's got to prove that he's Nigel Bradham. You know what I mean? You know, you know what would have been nice? If the Eagles spent a second-round draft pick on a linebacker. I don't know if one was available that was good then uh, this year. But, alas, here we are. Why? Jalen uh, Hurts is going to come in week eight. He's going to come in here and win a couple games. Don't worry about it. It's true. That's true. It's a fine pick. We had live sports this past weekend. And let me tell you, it was delightful. It, Man, was, it was delightful. Fun. We had UFC boxing, or just UFC, not boxing. We had UFC fighting. I don't know why Jimmy wrote boxing. Maybe sound like a fucking idiot. No, um, he wrote UFC slash boxing because, you know. Because why? Because we're gonna, we're, we want to talk about boxing a little bit too. So just you know, just calm down a little bit over there, Maddie. No, oh, I would be lying to you, gentlemen, if I said that there isn't a UFC card on right now, and I had it on to the side here the entire night. It's been great okay. fucking live. It's been fucking fantastic. This past Saturday night, they had UFC 249 in Jacksonville. <clears throat> it was the first live event, like actual live sports that wasn't uh, you know WWE or AEW. And uh, I gambled the whole event, lost a lot of money, Same. And, I, and I felt more alive than I have outside of my son being born, which is the greatest moment of my entire life, yes. like sports gambling, watching a live event, like cheering, um, yelling, and just like feeling that like life was normal again. It's good to know you still have adrenaline, right? Like I wasn't sure. Yes. Yes. Like, thank you, Dana White. Like, a, a, a true, honest, and Dana, thank you for listening to the Rocky Balboa Cheese Day Quarantine Hour. Uh, Uncle Dana listens. That, was, shot of a, that shot of adrenaline hit during one of those fights for me, and it felt like a heroin shot. So we had that We had that one fight. I think it was, like, the second or third fight. And the, they, they both guys beat the living shit out of each other for three straight rounds. So good. And there was the one guy, that, the guy that lost – I mean, he had his eye fucking swollen fucking shot, and he had blood coming out of his ears, nose, mouth, ass. I mean, he was just fucking he, – he got the shit kicked out of him. Looked like the and, and at the end of the match, 
you know, when it, when the, because yeah, they went to the decision, I'm pretty sure he didn't get knocked out. He, he fucking, yeah, he still threw that shit. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So he fucking, he looks at the camera, he gets as close to the camera as possible, and he's smiling ear to ear, blood everywhere. And I was just like, that guy represents all of America, all of the world right now that's in quarantine because that's the way I feel. As, 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 as sitting in this quarantine for well over two months, almost three months, whatever. Like, I feel like, I feel like I got my eye busted closed and I feel like I'm bleeding out all my fucking ears and eyes and nose and mouth and everything. And that UFC event, that fight, I mean, just, just having live sports, you know, that put a smile on my face. So I felt just like that guy and that guy, he just, like, Let's fucking go. That was awesome. I almost wanted to go to a Walmart after that and just punch a random dude and get square off and be in a fight just to feel alive again. Hell yeah. yeah. Walmart And Walmart's the best choice, too. Perfect. Perfect choice. Because I can find some low light that won't fight back. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'll say this. I, I've not... I mean, I haven't watched combat sports before. Like, you see, like, I've watched it before, but never as intently as I have, at, uh, you know, with UFC 249 because it was the first sporting event since we, you know started living in our homes for two months because of fucking coronavirus. And I watched it from the first fight until the Ferguson, you know, last match. Wait, where were you living before? Uh, before coronavirus? I don't even know. Where were you, where were you, li- you weren't at home? Uh, I guess I was. I don't know. I just have corona brains. What sorry, I'm saying sorry. is this. No, no. What I'm saying is this. I don't know if it's because I've been at home for two months. It's the first sporting event that I've watched, but it was one of the best sporting events I've ever watched. Like it was so entertaining. I know combat sports isn't for everybody and it is certainly gory, but like it was like electric. It was super entertaining. And I do like suggest it for people. And yes, like I bet on it. I had money on it. I lost money on it, but like I would suggest it for everyone to give it at least a try before being like, I'm not going to like combat sports. I, it's not my thing. I don't want to watch people fighting one another. Give it a try. It was super entertaining. I'll be watching the next big card. Like I know dirty's watching it tonight. Like I'm not, but I will be watching the like UFC 250, whenever that is. Like It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's like, uh, you don't know if, um, I feel like combat sports in general, I mean, it's one of those things. It's almost like, it's almost like soccer. Um, there are people that are like super into it, but at, yeah, as a, as a whole, it hasn't, um, you know, it's not, it's not a super uh, popular thing in America. I mean, like it, it is, but it, I mean, it's, it's definitely more so than soccer, but I think, but I think, I don't know. It's it, maybe this will be, since it's like the only thing and, Matt, I bet you a lot of people had the same experience you did where maybe I, they don't I agree. Normally, maybe they don't normally watch it, but because, you know, we're all desperate right now, um, they did tune in and um maybe that can um maybe that can spark it a little bit. But I also think like we were gonna talk about, I mean, I feel like so much of contact uh, combat sports like you were talking about, um I think it's taken a hit because what really used to be the gold standard of combat sports was the boxing heavyweight title. I mean, that was just, that was everything. And that really hasn't been a, a thing for what, like we're going, we're close. Well, to, years. Yeah. Well, I would say what well, last, the last real big um, heavyweight that I can remember was, I guess, Klitschko. 
even but even before he wasn't even that popular i feel like the last real heavyweight you remember being like a dominant guy or like a really popular guy for me anyway was lennox lewis lennox Lennox yeah that was my you know klitschko klitschko did get up there a little bit i mean i never uh, saw a single klitschko fight i just didn't care at that i saw i saw i saw one maybe two you know what i mean Um, i was out klitschko i can't remember who who did he was it <laughs> he married he married a celebrity and i think it was like oh, dude, Hayden fucking, Pinatere, the girl from uh that's what it was yes from heroes or whatever <laughs> yep dude he's like seven foot eight and she was like, like four foot four <laughs> yeah it was so funny seeing pictures of them like she was like, literally at that, his, like thigh how, how does that work it like it didn't that's like, why she didn't get pregnant it like he must feel like he's you know oh my god I mean, but have anyway. you ever seen Shaq's wife? Oh my God! Sure, Shaq's uh, which one? Shaq's peen is bigger than his wife's head. There's no question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and we're talking um, diameter too. It could wrap around. Yeah, it's 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 his el- It's my it's elbow to wrist. This Shaq. But yeah, yeah. When it comes to boxing, I mean, obviously, you know, we're from we're from Philly. We're from Delaware. We're from this area. Um, you know, the the coolest thing we've had is B Hop Bernard Hopkins. You know, we we would follow. You know, we'd we'd watch his fights just because. You know, he lives he lives fifteen minutes away from me. You know, he lives he, he he's very close. He's a he's a local legend. So like, you know, watching B Hop was cool. But like, you know, since since Lennox Lewis, Holyfield, Tyson, like, you know, B Hop is not even close to a heavyweight. So you know, we're talking about heavyweight here because like that was like the you know, like Jimmy said like that was the thing like the heavyweight champion like Tyson like. The coolest thing I've seen in boxing, you know, B-Hop aside, was yesterday on Twitter when Mike Tyson put out a video of him sparring, and he looks like, (laughs) you know, he's 53 years old. He still looks like he's in his fucking 30s. I mean, maybe maybe he's not looking like 20-year-old Tyson, but holy shit, did you guys see those videos of him sparring? I mean... It he was. Like a, he looks like he's in his a, early thirties. Oh my god! Wild. Like that was like the most. That was the coolest thing boxing related I've seen in fucking you know twenty years or whatever. I feel whatever. like if, I I feel like if in the nineties, like if in the nineteen nineties, if you committed a murder and you went to trial, instead of getting the death sentence, they should have just put you in a room with Mike Tyson. Because <laughs> it would have been like the worst thing that could have happened to you ever. Like, like imagine just Tyson, just you, just him coming up to you and doing what he does. There would be no scarier thing on earth. Is he? Uh, he's, I, the, he's the scariest man that's ever lived. I, uh, I, I encourage everybody if you get a chance to go on YouTube and just type in um, Mike Tyson knockouts. Oh, I do it all the time, Jimmy. Oh yeah, it's great. It's just a video compilation of all of his knockouts, and there's like 37 of them. It goes on oh for like God. 30 minutes. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a long video, but it's so much fun to watch. The and scariest yeah, like, motherfucker I ever lived. He was he in his prime, especially. He was scary. And look, not to take anything away from Mike Tyson, I I thought the videos were great too. But some people are getting carried away. Like it's one thing to be like punching, not moving uh, gloves, but like you put him in a ring with like a young boxer. I mean, not to well, mention that he was crazy course. 20 years ago. How much crazier has he gotten over the last 20 with Scott? You know, he's got CTE, right? I mean, Jesus, his brain has just been pounded into oblivion and he wasn't that smart to begin with. So I can't even imagine like what's going on in that dude's head. So yeah, now, you, know what? Yeah, you put him in a ring ne- next time. He'll be biting dicks, you know? Like, yeah, he'll be chewing your ankles off. You, you, you said, but like, um, I did hear an interview with him. I think he was on Joe Rogan's podcast where he was talking about, 
um, how at this point in his life, well, A, he's, he's taken up, um, he smokes a lot of weed. Um, and he also said that like, he, <laughs> he had like, you know, a, uh, a real kind of like uh, epiphany later in his life where like he realized Epiphan- epiphany, epiphany, yeah, like, well, uh, he realized that like raping his wife is a bad idea. Yeah. Well, he, he let go a lot of that anger. I mean, like, he was like basically bred to be a fighter. Like he, he was, he was, he was encouraged to be angry all the time. He was, you know, and that benefited him for so long. And he said, he just got into that mindset. And now like later in life, he's like mellowed out and things like that. And he, you know, he's just taking it easy now. Yeah. Before he got in the ring, it was just like, you know, he, he's, he's a, going up he's against Vander beautiful. Holyfield, you know, his coach would be like, all right. All right, Mike, you know, Mike with his, he's, you know, Mike's cool. I, I didn't know, I mean, the rape and the wife thing that Dirty just talked about. I hope that's not true. I don't that's know. Abs- that's absolutely true. He's I don't remember he was, that. Cause, he was in you prison know, for it. <laughs> I don't remember that. I, I, I'm Robin, a young guy. Robin, I'm only, Robin, I'm uh, Robin in my early Gibbons. 20s. Robin Givens. He raped, he, yeah, he was in jail. Yeah, see, I'm not, you know, that's, that's just me, idiot Nick. Um, but, um, you know, he's probably getting, like, to psych him up. It's like, you know, his, his coaches are probably like, Evander fucked your wife or Evander did this. And Mike Tyson's like, Oh my God, he did. And then he just goes out there and he's like, I heard what you did. And then he just beats the shit out of him and bites his ear off. Like Evander's Evander is squaring up and Mike Tyson's like, yo, you wait my wife. And Evander's probably just like, what bro? I heard heard what you did. Evander's like, what did I do? Oh God. Mike's like, my my coach just told me what you did. <laughs> but uh, speaking of heavyweight boxing, just in general, though, I'll tell you what, it is kind of picking up a little bit. There's this Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder stuff that's been going on the last year or so has actually been really good. So if they market it right, it can be picked back up. I hope so, man. I mean, I don't know anything about it. I haven't seen anything about I the Fury Wilder feud that's been going on the last couple of years has been pretty good, man. The only Fury thing I know is he was on he was on WWE, right? Braun was Strowman. It, wasn't that him? Yeah. Tyson Fury? Yeah. Is, is Tyson Fury the one that calls himself a gypsy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The gypsy king. He's not bad, man. He's 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 undefeated. He's a big ass dude. So I mean, if they market the heavyweights right, it could it could make a comeback. Listen, I, I really enjoy boxing, man. I just want like, I want I want boxing to where it's like the world, like 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 on a Saturday night, like the world stops for a heavyweight. Tyson Fury match. is a like, that doesn't happen. He's a full fledged admitted cocaine addict who has not quit and just basically talks about how much he does it before his fights. So people like love him, <laughs> you know. But he's like he's a marketable guy, so hopefully they. You're allowed to do cocaine before a fight. They don't give a fuck. Clearly, he says he does it every fight. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh no, we need to do some research on that. Should we move on? Uh, MLB return. Let's do it. Hey. All right, so MLB is looking to return, but there's obviously some issues with that outside of the obvious. Uh, the owners have uh, put together a plan. They seem to have agreed to it, and they've passed it on to the players to see if they will agree to what seems to be a half a season to return by July 1st. But there is some money issues and some pay cuts. So right now, as I said, the owners have agreed, and it is in the hands of the players. Um, they would take a pay cut. and. So now the MLB season is in the hands of 
the players. I don't think it's going to happen. I've said it time and time again. And anytime I ask you guys, what do you guys think? You guys always start the answer with, well, I want the season to happen. That's not what I'm asking you. We all want the season to happen. Do you think the players are going to agree with what is proposed to them? You have a half season. Do you think they're going to agree to play at lesser money? Do you think they're going to agree to play uh, with these restrictions? Jimmy, what do you think? You're, you're more glued into kind of everything going on with the, you know, the nation's circumstances, with what's going on outside of the world of sports. Are you glued into this? Well, I, I think if we're look, if we, you know, typically when you try to evaluate how something's going to play out, you got to look to the past. And obviously there's, there hasn't been anything like this, but if we look at 1994, um, it was kind of a similar situation with the players union and the players union did not budge in 1994, which led to the, the, the shutdown of the season, um, uh, you know, the suspended season. So I don't know. I have a, I have a tough time believing uh, that the players are going to go, okay, so I'm, I'm putting my health at risk but you want me to, but you want me to play for less check. I mean, it it just, to me, it doesn't sound like something that the players are going to agree to. I mean, no matter what you think of the coronavirus situation, is it overhyped? Are we overreacting to it? I still say that it's better to overreact than underreact, but whatever you're the players are, you know, they're going to be, uh, going out. Um, we've seen the coronavirus go through teams, um, in the NBA and things like that. So, I mean, like I said, you're, you're asking the players to put themselves at a little bit of risk and you're also asking them to take a pay cut. Those two things don't add up to me. I, I find it hard to believe the players are going to agree to something like that. Uh, Nick and Dirty, uh, I'll get your first answer out of the way uh, that you want this season to start. We all want sports to start, so get that out of your system. What do you guys think? Um, I would like baseball to start. Oh, okay, good, good. Um, so, so I think there's, I think there's, there's going to be three sides to this. Um, oh, wow, you know, a nice little triangle. I think uh, I think you're going to have some players, and I think uh, I don't know if you guys saw Mark Teixeira go go off a little bit today. Uh, um, he, you know, there's going to be there's going to be that side where you know players are going to be like, you know what, the the people deserve baseball. I'll take a pay cut because uh, the people are taking a pay cut. I'll take a pay cut. I think yep. that's going to be a very small side of a triangle. Um, so there's going to be another side to it, which is the players that are represented by Scott Boris and agents such as Scott Boris. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll just say Scott Boris, Scott Boris in no way, shape or form is going to, is going to take a pay cut for any of his players. It's just not going to happen. So I or, think we put his players at risk. Exactly. So I think that's the biggest side of the triangle. And then, um, you know, the other side is the MLBPA. And I think the MLBPA is going to be maybe a little bit in between. Um, you know, I think, I think the MLBPA will be, you know, try to find a way to make baseball happen, but maybe without the pay cuts. Um, I, with, with, with everything we know with, you know, it sounds like we're going to be wearing masks until 2023. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just less and less 
optimistic, which, you know, Whoa! I'm usually the optimistic one. I don't know, man. I'm not I, like, you know, you're hearing these rumors that like, yeah, they're going to be ready in July. Like they're going to, you know, I don't, I don't fucking, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not. I, I don't, I, I just don't see it happening, especially with money issues. You're talking about money and health. I, I just, I think, I think the players, the majority of the players, the ones that make the most money, the ones that are, the ones that are with Scott Boris. I, I think they're going to win out, and I, I, I don't I, – I hate to say it, but I don't, I don't foresee baseball happening. I just don't. Dirty, dirty Mike. The interesting factor to me is I think that you open Pandora's box if you do take less money or you don't take less money for the other leagues that are coming up because then you're putting pressure on them to make a similar decision. So I feel like there's, like, leverage kind of being played there between the leagues. So, like, I don't know if baseball really knows what to do because of what that – cause for other sports so do i think that sports happens again yeah we want it i don't think it does i don't think it makes sense i don't for all nick's points and he already said what i was going to say i don't think the players are going to take less money i don't think boris's guys are going to be at risk and take less money i just i don't think it's realistic man i I don't i really don't so you don't think the 2020 major league baseball season will happen I don't, and I think it's going to be similar for what Jimmy said. I think there's just they're just not going to be able to agree on something that works for both parties. What a difference a week makes. Sad times, sad, sad times. I think we all just got excited and really wanted it and didn't really think about the intricacies of it. Which uh, I want to stop you by we all lump you and optimistic Nick into that. Um, Before we get to the next topic, uh, LeBron James uh, had a nice personal call with a couple of his basketball buddies last night and had a conversation with them, a nice Zoom meeting, and they all agreed that if everything is fine and everything is safe, they would all agree that they want to return to a basketball season. I repeat, if everything works out and everything is safe, they would return to a basketball season. I don't know if I so, buy that, Matt. They're going out on a limb, huh? Yeah, like a real big stretch there. So I would like to have been on that call and say, I agree, LeBron. If everything's fine, everything's safe, I would like everything to go back to normal as well. So, um, guys, do you agree that if everything's fine, everything's safe? you like everything to go back to normal? Jimmy? So if everything is fine and safe, then yes. Of course, um, but everything is not going to be that. So where are they? Where are they getting this from? <laughs> well, LeBron put this together. So you, Dr. You know, it's, it's LeBron. It's Dr. Right. James. LeBron and the superior athletes of the NBA came together and, and agreed to it. So I can't tell you. They didn't get anything. They just came to agreement that if things were like this, they would like the season to come back. That sounds like so a man been quarantined for a long time. It's getting the be- it's getting the best of us for sure. So, I mean, it, um, makes, it makes a lot of sense if you really if you really sit there and you really think about it. Like, if 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 everything is like like normal and like everybody yeah. if everybody's healthy and like everything's like cool, like. 
if you sit there and really truly think about it, if if truly if it's all okay, why not? not? Yeah. Then why not? I like, never thought I never thought of it that way. And now that I'm thinking no. about it that way, I'm like, oh, okay. If, if every if everything's normal, we like to go back to normal. Yeah, right. like I, I never thought of it that way. And I think I think you're making you know, Matt, I don't know, like you and LeBron, you're making really good points. Thank you. Like, if reality was the exact opposite of what it is right now, then yes, we should play basketball. Oh, man, another good point. Like, if reality was, like, like dirty flip-flopped, that, that would make mm. sense. So, like, this if, is a, or if the stores tell me that I don't have them to wear a mask anymore, I guess I'm not going to wear a mask anymore. This is a good segue. If the NBA and NHL were to return to the previous season, like if it were to open up and say, you know what? The 2020 season does return, and the Flyers and or the Sixers were to win the championship, there's an obvious asterisk with that championship. What are your thoughts, and are you okay with the asterisk championship. Nick, I want to go to you as the obvious Flyers stand. Are you okay with the Flyers' very obvious asterisk championship? Your personal first Flyers championship. G- give me the cup. Give me it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, so now, so all right, give it to you. Okay. Now, I... Um, as a friend of yours, let's say you have some in your life who are Rangers fans or, I, or, or Penguins fans say, yeah, but it doesn't really count because you want it in the Corona year. It's not a real season. It's a fake championship. You have to live with that for the rest of your life, and it's the only championship the Flyers have for your entire life. That's something you have to live with. It's a fake asterisk championship. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll just, uh, you know, when somebody's talking shit on Twitter, because it's going to be Twitter. They're gonna be, you know, they're gonna just talk shit on the uh, the the asterisk championship. I'll just, you know, I'll just reply with a picture of G holding the cup over his head and say, you know, fuck you. And then I'll then I'll probably tweet a picture of my dick and say, here's a picture of my dick. Fuck you too. You know, fuck you. I would like to say this has been the most dicks dropped in our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we, we haven't dropped on the dick a lot. You know, listen, listen. Look, I mean, if, if they cut the if they cut the season short, there's still going to be some kind of playoffs where it's all equal to everybody, you know. And if the Flyers just so happen to win the cup, then you know what I'm going to say: fuck everybody else. I just won the cup. I'm going to cry exactly. my eyes out like a little girl. Exactly. You know? exactly. Nobody but, talks. Look, but nope. let me let me finish. Sorry. If if. Yeah, Jimmy. Shut like up. the Penguins or the Rangers or somebody like you said were to win the cup, then then there, I would tell yeah. them that it didn't count. There, there it is. So there's the other side of it. If someone, if the Penguins yeah. were to win it, it's <laughs> yeah. the absolute fakest championship ever. Yeah, um, then didn't count. Didn't count. You got your players. It didn't count. Kiss my ass. Oh boy. Okay. Um, Dirty. If the Sixers were to come back as the sixth seed. And win the championship. Just go with it. Don't say it's never going to happen. Um, and they won it. How would you feel? 
I would feel fine. And here's why. I mean, even though we've gotten hit by this virus, this is not the first time that there's been a season shortened by a strike that teams have won a title and we consider a title. We don't, I don't put asterisks on it. So like, all right. Yeah. It was a long time ago, but in 81, the Dodgers won the world series, right? Like the Dodgers beat the Yankees in the world series. You don't really know that three months of that season was canceled and they had to completely reformulate the season that year to get it to the point to where there would be a champion. We don't know any of that because it's just, it's over with, it's done with. You just see who won the title. 2012, 2013 NHL uh, was borderline canceled. The Blackhawks won the cup that year. We don't remember that that half that season was locked out, maybe more. Um, I forget exactly how many games were canceled, but I know it was a lot. So no, I, I think if you get a season, like everybody at that point is in the same boat, right? So you're all kind of starting. Same playing field. You're on the same playing field. So whatever happens, if whoever wins deserves it. I'm not putting an asterisk. Not at all. Jimmy, Jimmy, your thoughts? Look, who cares about an asterisk? Listen, do, do people bring up the asterisk uh, when we're talking about Mark McGuire's home run record? Yeah. Oh. Look, do people bring up the asterisks when we're talking about Barry Bonds? Mm, Almost yeah. exclusively. Yeah, they do. Oh. Every, uh, every day. Um, look, do people bring up the asterisks when they talk about the, the 19, the Black, Black Sox? Um, they made a movie out of it. They sure did. Hollywood. Oh. Um, so people really care about asterisks, huh? Yeah, they sure do. Well, you still take it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You think you think you think the, the last year, I don't even know what year it is. <laughs> Astros give a fuck. No, but in all I'm trying to think of the year that they won and I can't even think of it. Fuck you, COVID. <laughs> in all you think the last year, Astros? <laughs> In all honesty, it doesn't really matter. Like, like, no. I remember after there's a clear, there's a clear answer. To me, you're the COVID champion. You might be the best champion of all time. Yeah, I mean, you might, you maybe you'll get superpowers out of it, like Matt's little guy. The COVID champion. I remember after the 2008 Phillies won. um, There was like, I remember hearing from people that like, oh my god, don't say it, Jimmy. Don't do it, Jimmy. Don't do it to me. I'm going on mute. I don't know where he's going. What? The, the league was like, you know, that it was a weak playoff field that year. Oh, and the, the Phillies had like a, you know, an easy run to the World Series. I remember people saying that, like, you know, and then, of course, the next year against the Yankees, they were like, look, you went up against, you know, a real team and lost. So, like, people are always going to try and tear down. Not only the weak teams, like, you know, the Phillies, the Phillies had to beat the Rays. And that, that was the thing. Because they beat the Dodgers. They, you know, they beat the Dodgers. They beat the Brewers. You know, but the Rays beat the Red Sox. That's I, I know they did, but the, that Rays team wasn't that good, and I get it. And it pisses no. me off when when people rip on rip on the Phillies winning over the Rays. Like it's like that that Rays offense was really good stuff, and they had good pitching too. No, 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 dirty. I'm with you. I'm just they they're not elite. I'm just and then and then people like to talk about the whole you know the rain delay too, like. So I bring that, I, but I only bring that up to say, like, so people are going to find ways to tear or try and tarnish your, you know, people are just they get jealous about stuff like that. So it's like, Always. 
So we COVID asterisk. We did with the Eagles earlier with the miracle fucking Saints loss. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know? So COVID you know what we do? You know what we do to the Penguins, Flyers fans? Anytime they bring up their cups, we just talk about the fact that they were almost sold to Kansas City. It's like, it's like you were almost sold to Kansas City. Are you really a fan? Or like, did you know, did you, you know, there's always something you're going to find to rip on somebody's championship you know patriots cheating it didn't matter how many how many they won everybody's just going to be like well you cheated the first time so you're probably cheating and you know that's why i you know as a as a flyers fan that's why i don't care if the flyers win that because it doesn't matter how they win there's going to be somebody out there that says like well you only beat this team and only beat this team and you only did this you know what's kiss my ass I'm the fucking champion. I don't give a exactly. fuck. Happen. I'm the champion. And you see this Stanley Cup over my head? And that's, yeah, you, you see that shot? That, that's what I say to him. There's only one answer to this. The answer is, of course, you take the championship. Yeah. You take it regardless. Yeah. You, you take the championship any way you can get it because every team that was going to be in the playoffs, you get in the playoffs, you go through the playoff run. And if you if you win it, you, you get to experience all of the playoffs from beginning to end. If you get up on top, you win. All right, so we move on to the next topic. This past week, or just the other day, I think it was yesterday, was the infamous Kawhi double doink anniversary, um, which was only outdone by, I believe, a pop culture disaster. I believe it was the same night. That was more disastrous than what happened of Kawhi ending the Sixers playoff run. Can anyone guess what it was? And I'm almost positive it was the same night. Anybody? No. No. Another injury, right? No, no, no. A pop culture disaster. Oh. Um, Brittany shaved her head? I'm almost positive this was the same night Prince? as the – the series finale of Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. Uh, see, I'm thinking like pop music. <laughs> I mean, you said pop culture. I get it. So almost. Um, is that true? Worse than the double joint. I'm almost positive. I'll have to fact check it that. It would make we'll, sense. I mean, because like we definitely watched, we definitely watched that game at my house. And then we watched and then we Game went, of Thrones at my house. And it was the most miserable day of all time. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Um, Dirty Mike, you wanted to run with this. Um, go right ahead. I do if you guys are interested in getting involved. So there have been like very few sporting events for me where you're so into it where you're standing the whole time, right? Like I'm not talking yep. being yep. there. I'm talking about in your living room where you're standing, you're pacing, you're, you're like yep. talking to yourself, you're doing weird shit. This was one of those games, right? And very few times has one ended in the way where that one did, where when it did, for me anyway, I turned into Tim Robbins from Shawshank Redemption and I literally just hit my knees and put my head and stared at the sky with my arms out and was just like, we're doing one of those from Shawshank. What are your guys' moments like that? Because that game was so tough. Well, I'll start with that's a terrible comparison because Tim Robbins was expressing the utter relief of 19 years in jail with his arms in the air. But me was more and, begging of the gods of why. I was doing the why, God, why. I was on the opposite mm, end. Mm, okay. Yeah. I hit my um, and just begged. Damn. I think the most recent I think the most recent one of those for me 
um, was uh, Carson Wentz's injury versus the Rams um, that season because it was going so perfectly. Like our quarterback was playing lights out. Like he was doing everything you would ever hoped he was going to do when we drafted him. And that, I remember I just kind of sat in silence for like an hour after that game was even over and like, just sort of like, I don't know. I like, and I, there's probably been worse, like Ryan Howard's Achilles tear comes to mind. Um, and just because like the game was over and your guy went, but like, that is the most recent one that when dirty, when you, um, pose the question that like, that was like a dagger in my chest. We should rephrase this title of this conversation. It wasn't double doink. It was like the quadruple doink. Quadruple like doink. It bounced yeah, yeah. all over like, the like rim. The, the double doink was the double doink was the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, but people were calling it that as a comparison to the whatever. I feel you, Joe. I feel you. Now that that's that's a good one, Job. And like, good one, Job. No, because like you, like they had all the momentum in, in that season, and it was December, and it was like you were just looking at the playoffs, man. Because they, well, the like you saw conclusion in that game too. Like you saw he got hurt, and you're you're begging, you're you're just pleading that it wasn't what you thought, right? Because you right. know how when these guys tear their ACLs now, they don't. A lot of them don't get carted off. They kind of walk off, right? And you're looking at the way they walk to kind of see what it is. And when he had the wobbly knee when he was walking off with a stiff-legged, wobbly knee, you're going, oh, God, it's an ACL, isn't it? Like, Well, and if you remember, he threw that touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey. Remember where he didn't move at all in the pocket? He just stood there. And, and that's when I knew. That's when I went, oh, shit. Yes. Like, because I remember, I remember, like, that was such an awesome touchdown, but I didn't even celebrate because I was like, he's done. Like you could just tell he literally, he took the snap and just stood there on, on one leg and like muscled that ball to Alshon Jeffrey, an incredible play. But like, at the same time you were like, Oh, he's done. The, the, the quadruple doink is, is that that's definitely the most recent that, that killed me. Cause I mean, the, the Sixers have been the closest. Um, uh, the Carson one is there. I, I remember that week when it happened, uh, the, the phrase I kept saying that day and into that week, talking to you guys and talking to my colleagues, like the people who come up to me at work because they, for what it's worth, they're like, you know, what do you think? Cause you know, you're a big Eagles fan. And like, you know, people I talk to at work or my sports buddies are like, what do you think? Everything I just kept saying was like, not now. Cause like that felt like the Eagle season, which it turned into being the Eagle season, the Super Bowl season. I all, I just kept saying, not now, not now. Like, that was Carson's MVP season. This was the evil season to do it. And it's like, not now. And there's no, no one believed Nick Foles was going to come in and do what he did. No. And so that was certainly crushing. I, 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 Ryan Howard is, I think, a very hindsight thing to say. I didn't have that feeling when it happened because I was like, okay, season's over. Like, get yeah. healthy, get better. I think in hindsight, it's like, wow, that, that definitely ruined his career. That didn't have the effect on me. It did, like when Carson went down and the quadruple doink. At that um, point, did we? I mean, this is this might be a stupid question, which is you know not unlike me. At that point, did we know how bad Achilles injuries were? I mean, I think I feel like I feel like in my in my fan in like me as a fan history, I feel like that was like the first Achilles injury no, that we had to I, deal with. I think you're 100 percent wrong. 
yeah I okay think do. that's I fine because like that's the first uh, that's achilles, the first one i remember though because like achilles achilles is i think career achilles yeah, is actually I mean, probably worse no. than in all honesty. Yeah, I, I especially for big men. I think Achilles is the wrong. absolute worst, and like I just feel like that's like the first Achilles injury we've had no. to deal with. Because I mean, a, a Tommy, a Tommy I, John surgery or the way that they've done these ACL like repairs now, like they, they've almost mastered how to ACL and Tommy John are like ninety percent better on the other end. Where I think another no cure. I think another gut punch because we still had that Nick Foles magic, even though I kept saying it's like the magic has to run out. The magic has to run out is the Alshon Jeffrey drop in new Orleans because we fucking hate new Orleans and just fell right out of his hands. But we still had it like, all right, the magic is still going to happen. And they were driving, driving, driving. They're in new Orleans uh, zone. And it's just like, all right, here we go. And it was in his hands and you see the replay. And it's like, what the fuck happened? He's a pretty shorthanded guy. That was a gut punch. Um, uh, Nick, to you, the way the Flyers ended the Stanley Cup with the goal that nobody saw, like, because you didn't oh. see it happen unless, like, you're a true hockey fan. Uh, you're like, what's going on? Why are they celebrating? And then you see the, the replay, and you're like, oh, my God, that's how it ended. That was a gut punch. Um, uh, even, even as a true hockey fan, I, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I mean, when Patty Kane started celebrating, I was just, you know, I was just yeah. in denial. I was like, why is he fucking doing that? Like, because, you know, from watching it on a, I don't know, at the time in 2010, what, what, was, what, was, what was a big TV back then? <laughs> like 45 inch, 50 inch, you know, we're watching it on a, you know, whatever size TV, you know, maybe today while we, while we all have 65 inch TVs, we would have saw it. But like, you know, in 2010, uh, you know, I remember we were watching it, uh, you know, at our buddy's house, and I, you know, I just see Patty Kane start celebrating. I'm like, why is he celebrating? And and then once you finally realize what happened, I mean, you might as well have, you know, there was a bunch of us w- watching in the same house. Like somebody might have might as well have walked up into the kitchen, grabbed a fucking knife, and shoved it in my gut. I mean, that's that that to me, it's it's by far. By far, the worst thing that's happened in my fan. Like I, I, I cried. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I fucking cried. Um, All right, two, two more I have for the gut punches uh, during the Phillies run. Um, I it was after 2009. I remember, <laughs> I remember one year when we were facing the Giants in the postseason when we fucking hated the Giants. I remember Juan Uribe hit an opposite field home run. Oh, that was a gut punch. And then the. And then in the 2009 World Series, it wasn't a complete gut punch. But when Johnny Damon stole second base and then there was nobody on third base and he pretty much jogged over to third, you knew at that moment the Yankees just had I love that you're bringing those up. You're bringing up the ones that, like, you almost kind of forgot until you hear them again. And you're like, oh, God, yeah. Like, when A-Rod hit that homer in the 09 World Series, the one that hit the camera – yeah, you know what I mean? and they reviewed it for like 15 minutes, and they just felt bouncing off the camera, and you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, you know, there's like ones but, like that. Yeah, I remember that, and he was staying on second, giving the the finger a roll around. The really like bad that, for me was me and Jimmy the, went to this game, so it was the the first Nick Foles playoff game in 13, when uh, the Eagles took the lead with a touchdown pass from Foles to Ertz with two minutes left. The Eagles kicked the ball off, 
They kicked it right to Darren Sproles. He ran it fucking 65 yards with a minute left, and the, the Saints basically ran two plays, kicked a field goal, and knocked us out of the playoffs. There's just been a lot of bad moments like that. I don't want to – like, I wanted to jump in real quick on when you guys were talking about Phillies, um, you know, or nine. Um, what, was it 2010 when um, – Dan Uglin. One Cody Ross owned Roy Halladay. Uh, oh, the rodeo clown. The, the rodeo clown himself. I'm pretty sure that was 2010, right? Yeah, I mean, that was. <laughs> I mean, Cody Ross. Uh, you Do you know, remember how they former, kept talking about how he was Marlin who used to kill us. The rodeo clown. Google it. God, he's a doucher. Um, I mean, there's. Just, I feel like there's so many with the Phillies and like, or with any of the Philadelphia teams. And it's, so, I feel like it's like, you know, whoever, whoever kills you, you know, Patrick Kane's a star. I mean, that's fine. But I feel like whoever kills you is usually like a, like a damn mediocre player. Like I, Cody Ross, you know, do you think anybody outside of Philadelphia remembers Cody Ross? <laughs> no. I feel like pro- Marlins fans probably don't even remember Car- Cody Ross. Giants fans probably don't remember Cody Ross, but damn it, do we remember Cody Ross? And if I, get, I, I'll get I'll get all the Marlins fans on the phone right now. I think I'll, I'll make about three phone calls, and we'll figure out if they remember Cody Ross. And I I know what I remember what he looks like bald headed bald headed motherfucker, yep. cheesy ass smile. If I saw him in public, I would know who it is. Yep, and I would yep. punch him straight in the dick. And he would look at me and say, why? Why? And I would say, Cody, Ross. you know why. There are so many other ones, too. Like in 07, when the Phillies finally won the division for the first time in 15 years, and then they got swept by the Rockies, and it came off that Matt Holiday grand slam that just sealed the deal. You remember, like, there's just so many awful moments, man. Yeah, me and Jimmy, me and Jimmy were living, living together in college at that point, and I remember that as the maddest I've ever seen Jimmy. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure because we had a pretty sweet deck, and like we had like a we had like a like a refrigerator on the deck too. I'm pretty sure Jimmy took the refrigerator, threw it off the deck. We had, it was a second floor deck. He threw the refrigerator off the deck. Then he threw a couch off the deck. Then he cried for a few hours, and then he lit the deck on fire. I don't remember any of this off the grand he, slam. Jimmy did all that after oh. after the Phillies lost in Game Four. Yeah, I was. I'm I sorry. Was, I was at the Holiday Grand Slam game when that that fucking the ball landed. I was in left field. The ball landed three rows behind me. Yeah, that was cause because like because we felt like it was, was our year. Like yeah, that, that was the first year we 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 went to the playoffs and like we we felt like it was our year. And then to just get swept the fuck out. Yeah, was, the run. Oh the my run god. To the playoffs, the run to the playoffs in 2007 was even better than the run to the playoffs in 2008. That was down. That was seven. That was that was when we were down seven and seven with seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, best, the best playoff entry any Philly teams ever made. The best, yeah. the best playoff entry any teams ever had. I mean, right. I don't give a fuck what other cities think. That shit was incredible. Yeah, I mean, to be down seven games with seventeen or seven, yeah, seven games with seventeen games left to play. Are you serious? Awesome. I mean, that shit. That was the most fun I've ever had until two thousand eight, of course. I but don't want to. I don't want to leave 2007, this. 2007. That was the most fun I ever had. And I don't want to leave this segment without us not bringing up the cliche and all important uh, Ronde Barber pick. 
So in 2001, right? No, 2002, I guess, when that game happened, uh, we took a – me and, like, 50 buds took two buses to Toronto for, a, for, for like, a party that we went to. And we were, we were at in Toronto at a bar that we had rented out the entire bottom floor for that game. How old are you? Very old. Old as shit. I was in college when that game happened. Then, um, it, then it couldn't have been 2001, right? Yeah, in college in 2001. But How old are you? Old man. Old man. And Deuce Staley scores a touchdown two minutes into the game. Probably the loudest the vet has ever been. If you actually go back and listen to the audio when Deuce scores that touchdown, it's one of the loudest things you'll ever hear in your entire life. Um, and then from there, it was just all downhill. But it's 20 to 10. Eagles are driving down the field with five minutes left to score down. They're on the Bucks' 10-yard line. McNabb tries to throw a, pit, a pass to Pinkston, and Rondé Barber returns at 90 yards for a touchdown. Last game in the vet. One of the most miserable Philly moments of all time. Yeah, I remember that, obviously, but I, I just – I'm still having a hard time with how old you are. If that, was, if that happened in 01 or 02, I was in eighth grade, man. I was a sophomore in college, bud. So you're like 90. That's crazy. At least, at least 90. God, you're old and ugly. At least I'm ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm young and I'm young and beautiful. So yeah, you got it going on. Uh, well, that's debatable. Yeah. Well, All right. Fair. Well, that should that should wrap that up. I think our last topic of the night, which I have zero idea of what it is. <laughs> I don't know why it's a topic. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Uh, on our on our discussion sheet, it no says. And I was just pretty much fucking around when I brought this up earlier in Collegeville on four twenty two. <laughs> There was a, there was a fucking emu running around the highway, and uh, it was like all over. It was all well, you know, over. The you know why it's Twitter. funny to bring it up? Because imagine if you're just driving home from work and you're looking on the right of the highway and you're going like, "Wait a minute! Like, holy shit! Is that an ostrich?" Especially with everything going on, it's like <laughs> you need moments like that. Like, can you imagine well, driving like? I do. That's what we're missing. That's what we're missing. I would love to home. just take a drive somewhere and see an emu yeah. in the middle of the road. Are, like I would be like, you know what? This emu is probably is gonna get me through the next week. There's it, somewhere it between 100 and 200 people who went home and they were like, "Yo, babe, like I was on my way home and there was a fucking ostrich on the side of 422." This is the kind of stuff people need, you know? This like, is kind of stuff. This kind of stuff we're missing by being home. Emus I mean, on 422. God damn it! Like I want to say an emu? ostrich. You, you keep saying ostrich, Dirty Mike, but Dirty, the, stop. the difference between, so the difference between the emu and the ostrich is the emu is slightly shorter, dude. Ostriches, ostriches, ostriches will kill you. Nine, they can stand nine feet tall and three hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, no, I, my point is, if you're driving, you. uh, if you're, are you driving by and going, oh, there's an emu? No, you're going, what's that ostrich-looking fucking thing? On the side of the road. Dirty. This isn't this isn't Australia. <laughs> oh, so emus are okay. Yeah, emus live in America. <laughs> Where, Nick? <laughs> uh, like Montana, shit like no, that. No, don't. Have you been no. to Montana? There's there's fucking emus and armadillos, and no. fucking and dingoes and chupacabras. I mean, nobody nobody knows how crazy Montana is. It's like the it's like the Australia of the states. Oh, tons of <laughs> I think I've heard that. That's what it says in the sign. It says "Welcome to Montana, the Australian." I read that. I read that on the quarter. Home of the Montana quarter. Nick, 
Nick, what is the capital of Montana? No shot. He guessed this. Zero no. percent. I got it. Give it. Give it your honest shot. Give it your honest chance. Des Moines. Don't Google it. Des Moines. No. No chance. Des Moines, like fucking Iowa. Idaho. Stop. No. <laughs> Helena. Uh, Helena. Or hell. Or Helena, however yeah, you pronounce it, but not, but not Des Moines. I would have never got that. But it's the it's the Australia of the United States. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. So that is our episode. Thank you all for joining us. So that's it. Any last words from all of you? I don't know. What, what's the time, Ed? Do you want me to sing a song? Do you have? Uh, do you have any uh thing for the Flyers power play? Um, flyers. Um, I feel like they've been quiet lately. No, uh, no free agent moves, no trades. They were working something out, and then it didn't happen, and then the season got canceled. And then I mean, the the Eagles are making moves. The Phillies are are trying to see they're getting a season. The Sixers are trying to get a season back. Nothing from the Flyers. I mean, hockey's hockey's in the same boat as the NBA. Whatever the NBA does, hockey's just gonna be like, cool, us too. That's what I was saying earlier about the, the money. Is whatever the league, whatever first league decides what they're going to do, the others. I don't know. I saw I saw like a Twitter poll that either I don't know at NHL or at like we like we have followers put up, and they were like, "Who's the funniest player in the NHL?" And you know, Kevin Hayes was one of them. So that's some Flyers news. Congratulations, yeah. Kevin Hayes. You're funny. Congratulations to Kevin Hayes on being nominated one of the funniest players in the NHL. Yeah. Congratulations, Kevin. We do like that. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to this past episode. Hope everyone is safe and healthy. Um, we have no fucking idea what's going on uh, in the world, and we will see you life. all next week. Listen to us at RBCFH Podcast. Uh, listen to Dirty Mike or follow Dirty Mike on Twitter at Dirty RBCFH for his podcast. We will get you a new uh, what Dirty Mike is doing on Twitter. Uh, hopefully Nick will come out with you know it's pissing me right off and uh, other than that we will see you all next week good night I'm just I'm just less and less optimistic which I'm just I'm just less and less optimistic which optimistic optimistic I'm just, I'm just less and less optimistic, which, which, op, op. I'm just, I'm just less and less optimistic. Optimistic, which...